Hello! Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 22. No guests this time. Don't turn it off! Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter, I'm tweeting things. Got my first negative tweet from a stranger. So, I guess I'm doing something right. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, there's a Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Hit the blue thumb, find the podcast, follow it on Facebook. The Big 12 schedule came out this week, so we had the full 2018-19 schedule for basketball. My thoughts, I'm angry. I'll get to my anger here in a second. There's some good. There's some good with this schedule. On the non-conference side, there's no true road games until they reach the Big 12 schedule. So, most of 2018 will be spent in Morgantown. When they venture away from Morgantown, they're going to Myrtle Beach. They're going to New York City to play Florida in the Jimmy V Classic. And they're going to a casino in Connecticut. So, casino game this year. They're playing Rhode Island in a Connecticut casino. Good news, there's no trips outside of the country. So that's a positive. Last year, West Virginia was 0-1 in games outside of the United States. This year, they'll be 0-0. And for the non-conference schedule, so exciting. Pittsburgh is coming to Morgantown. Our favorite university besides WVU is coming to Morgantown. West Virginia plays Pitt. That'll be a lot of fun. The folks in Morgantown will be very respectful to University of Pittsburgh fans that come to the Coliseum. It'll be very exciting. So that's the good. Here's the bad. The Big 12 conference schedule is rough. And I feel like WVU... Somebody, the athletic director, Gordon G., somebody has done something wrong to the folks at the Big 12. In 2019, WVU plays two home games in a row only once. They get Kansas at home on January 19th and Baylor on January 21st. Only Kansas is it's the only Kansas is the only university in the Big 12 that do not have back-to-back Big 12 games in a row. So and they're Kansas. So no offense to you guys, but all the help any everybody can get, okay? If you don't have two games in a row at home, Everybody is okay with that because you've won the conference 500 years in a row, okay? WVU's won it zero times, and they get one stretch of two home games in a row. How many times do they play 
two games away from Morgantown in a row in the Big 12 schedule? Three times! Only Kansas State can share that uh, similarity where they have, they also have three times where they play two games on the road. Now, what Huggins has tried to do in the past, and whoever works on the schedule, they try to make it a quick trip. Go to like a Kansas State on Saturday and then play Iowa State on Monday. So you leave on Thursday or Friday. You stay on the road, and you come back to Morgantown on a Tuesday. No such luck this time. No quick trips. Two times that they play away games in a row. One game's a Saturday, and the next game's a Wednesday. So you're spending like five or six days away from Morgantown. The other time, and I'm not making this up, they play one Saturday in March in Norman, Oklahoma to play OU. And then the next week, the next game, the next Saturday, they play in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. So on a Friday, just so you understand what's going on here, on a sat on a Friday or Thursday or whatever, you go to Oklahoma. You come back Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And what do you have waiting for you the next weekend? It's a nightmare. You go back to Oklahoma. Hey, Oklahoma, no offense to you guys, but two weekends straight? You got to go back to Oklahoma? It seems like punishment is all I'm saying. Another negative, the last Saturday home game for WVU, because I didn't go to any basketball games in Morgantown last year. I would like to go this year. The last Saturday home game is February 9th against Texas. There's seven more games in the schedule, none of which are Saturday games at home. So if you're going to catch a game in Morgantown and you don't live in Morgantown and you work for a living, and you don't want to use vacation, you have until February 9th. That's your last chance to see WVU on the weekend in Morgantown. I'm upset. The Big 12 Conference has done zero favors for WVU this upcoming season. I don't even know how good any of these teams are. Kansas is always really good. But I look at some of the other teams in the conference. Texas Tech knows somebody. They have a three-game homestand. They play three games in Lubbock in a row. And two other times they play two games in a row at Lubbock. Again, West Virginia one time. Baylor gets three turns at having two home games in a row. Oklahoma State has three. Oklahoma has three. TCU has three. Two-game homestands. It's not fair. It's annoying. And I don't like it. And I don't have to like it. Random thoughts coming up. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. 
I hope you've enjoyed the interviews I've done the last couple of weeks with Mike Azaza and Jeremy Phoenix. But that means I've been slacking on my player profile idea. <laughs> I know you've been dying to hear me not really break down the WVU roster. But it's catch-up time. We've got three to do this week. Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. Got three to go through. So let's get it going here. My this this next guy has the potential to be my favorite player on the team. The last big guy from Florida that was on WVU's basketball team was one of my favorites, Jonathan Holton. And it's been a while. It's been a while since we had John Holton. Now here comes Andrew Gordon from Clearwater, Florida. 6'10". He has three years of eligibility. He comes from Northwestern Florida State College. <laughs> I think that's real. Andrew Gordon dunks hard. I've told you. I've, I've watched the YouTube videos for Andrew Gordon. All he's doing is dunking hard. Sometimes... He dribbles a couple of times before he dunks it hard, but that's what he did at junior college. Uh, I'm excited to see what Andrew Gordon's going to do. It's going to be hard to surpass Jonathan Holton, but the void that I have from Teddy Allen disappearing may be filled with Andrew Gordon. How will he contribute? I have no idea. He's 6'10". Logan Rout is really tall. Derek Culver's really tall. Those three guys, I don't think all of them is going to play a lot. uh, But that's who he's fighting for uh, minutes-wise. I don't know how good he is. We'll find out. The stat I had to make up, because this is first first year for Andrew Gordon, if he dunks... West Virginia has a 62% chance of winning. Not bad. If he doesn't dunk, West Virginia's chances to win sinks to 55%. But here's the key stat. If Andrew Gordon two-handed power dunks and causes the backboard to sway like a palm tree, West Virginia has a 71% chance of winning. Now, this is all science, okay? But... What would you rather have? 55% chance, no dunk, 62%, just a regular dunk, or 71% chance of winning if he two-hand power dunks? I'd prefer the latter. So that's the breakdown for Andrew Gordon. Next, alphabetically, is Jermaine Haley. He says he's 6'9". He's listed as 6'7". He's from Canada. Spent one year at New Mexico State. Had a JUCO year at Odessa College. Which I think is... I mean, it just sounds like a made-up. I know Odessa, Texas is a real place. But it seems made-up. He shot 54% from three. or He shot 54% period from at Odessa College. His dad was an NFL defensive tackle. His grandfather was a high jumper 
for the U.S. national team way back in the day. All I know about Jermaine Haley is that he's a pass-first, pass-second self-described player. And I've told you the problem I have with that idea on the podcast. But he's, he's a passer. He's not looking for a shot. How will he contribute? I have no idea. He could be a starter. This is one guy, one new guy, because of his height and because we need somebody to facilitate. If Huggins decides to bring Beetle off the bench or play Beetle at two, then Haley could be the point guard. I'm going out on a limb. I, I want to say that Jermaine Haley is a taller Darius Nichols. If you remember Darius Nichols, he played early on in the Huggins campaign. Watching his limited freshman highlights from New Mexico State, Jermaine Haley hits open corner threes. And he plays with deliberate speed. He's not a fast guy, but he can move, just not fast. The key stat that I'm making up for Jermaine Haley, if he makes at least one corner three, WVU has an 82% chance of winning. Okay? So that's the breakdown for Jermaine Haley. Finally, and will be caught up, is a guy who was on the team last year, Chase Harler, 6'3 junior from the Northern Panhandle of West Virginia. Chase has been consistent as a WVU player. He shot 31% from three as a freshman. Sophomore year, he shot 31% from three. And he did that by doubling his minutes and games played from his freshman to sophomore year. Huggins is playing Harler to shoot threes. Now, Harler's talked about gaining confidence. He played in China over the offseason, which is super cool. So hopefully he has built confidence because to get more minutes especially with all the new guys coming in and a lot of guards. He's going to have to make threes. And he's going to have to do better than 31% if that's what you have Chase Harler out there for. Because when he's out there on defense, and we all know this, the other team sees Chase Harler and they try to pick on him. And Chase doesn't do a bad job on defense, but I'm just telling you what they do. They see Chase Harler and they say, let's iso ball. Whoever is whoever Chase Harler's garden, let's give him the ball and see what he can do. That's just what happens. So if that's going to be the case, he's got to make threes. And he, I, in my opinion, I only think Chase Harler gets more minutes in his junior year if he shoots better. If he doesn't, then he's going to play about 10 minutes a game. He's going to contribute, but he's got to shoot to get more minutes. I don't have to make up this stat. Looking at Chase Harler, scientifically, if Chase, he's known for his three-pointers, but if he makes a two-pointer, as he did in five games last year, WVU went 4-1 and one in those games. So 80% chance of winning if Chase makes a two-pointer. The other 28 games where he didn't make a two-pointer, West Virginia dipped to 75%. Winning, they were twenty-one and seven. So we need Chase to make a two-pointer. He's out there for threes, but we need to make him. We need to have him make a two-pointer. So to go down the list, the West Virginia perfect game 
for 2018-19. Issa shoots more than 10 times or less than three. Beetle gets a steal. Derek Culver shoots a free throw. Trey Dooms doesn't have a turnover. Andrew Gordon two-hand power dunks causing a palm tree-like sway of the backboard. Jermaine Haley makes a corner three, and Chase Harler makes something not a three. If all those things happen in one game, West Virginia has a 100% chance of winning. You heard it here first. Final thoughts coming up. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. want to welcome all the new listeners to Unreasonable Doubt that hopefully I picked up in August. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. You haven't missed anything. The basketball is coming. We're two months out. The countdown is on. When football season starts, it's not its not for me to get excited about football. It's to know that coming soon is basketball. So I'm very excited. So thank you for the new folks and the folks that have been with me since the beginning or since during... Uh, the 2017-18 basketball season. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to report that there are 100 of you listening. So we're, we're, we've moved from dozens, and that's still technically true, to 100 of you listening. So the next step is hundreds of you listening. And we'll see if we can get there. We being me... And you, the listeners. But on that on that front, people who are not listening to my podcast, my parents. I actually had this conversation today with my mother. Because when I mention a podcast, I get stone-cold faces. Which I read as, let's talk about anything else. And I'm not talking about it a lot. It just comes up in passing. I get nothing. So I asked my mother today, are you bothered by me doing a podcast? Because I I get silence when I bring it up in passing. And she said, you know, Josh, I've never seen a podcast. I said, well, podcast is like an audio medium. You listen to a podcast. Oh, yeah? Huh. We'll have to go go check one out and, and see one. I said, Mom, um, it's it's uh, it's audio. It's something you listen to. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, it's just because we don't know what a podcast is. I was like, okay. Well, that makes me feel better. That, and I'm not going to explain. Maybe I need to check it out, son. Maybe I need to go watch one. Okay, Mom, we're we're not getting anywhere. You don't watch a podcast. You listen to a podcast. So. Thank you for the new listeners, none of which are my blood mother and blood father. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Thank you, Anchor, for making podcasting easy. You can listen on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast. Shout out to the one person that's listening on Pocket Cast, Overcast. Castbox, Radio Public. Listen to all of the ways. If you do it, 
Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. Leave a review. Those are nice things to do. Haven't seen a lot of those in a while. So step that up or don't. You don't have to do that. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. WVU for the 2018-19 basketball season is 0-0.